Average Mother Runner podcast. My name is Lisa, and this is not just a podcast about running. This is a podcast to empower women through fitness and health and everything in between. Because let's be honest, ladies, this journey could suck if we don't get our shit together. Welcome back to Not Your Average Mother Runner podcast. Uh, This episode is part of the Independent Woman Experience series uh, that I spoke about in my welcoming episode, the first episode that I did. Uh, This is where we're going to hear the stories of women that have overcome challenges and came out stronger than they have before. Uh, Today, I have Stephanie with me, and she is a registered dietitian, and it's it's kind of funny because I reached out to you, Stephanie, thinking that, okay, we're, doing, we're going to talk about nutrition. And however, the conversation became so much more and deeper than that. We went on another level. <laughs> we, don't even know each, we don't even know each other, but we went on another level. We got into the topic about body image. And if that isn't a sign, I don't know what it is because that is a topic that I hold near and dear to me, especially with my own weight loss journey and my own body image image issues. So I am beyond happy to have you here uh, to share your story, your amazing story. Uh, So Stephanie, if you can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, so I'm Stephanie Amigo, and I am a registered dietitian, and I got into that field a little bit after I, I, I started college right out of high school, not knowing what I was going to do. So I didn't really, um, I didn't really find anything I was looking for at that young age, and I, I worked, I took a job for a while. And... Um, it was actually there that I met someone that made me, was the first time that this whole thing came out. I started to date somebody and um, I ended up quitting my state job and I went back to college and um, became a registered dietitian and it was wonderful. But it, I was dating this guy and I had no, I had never thought I was popular. I had fun working at the state, running around, talking to people and just having a good time and working. And um this guy said to me one one day, he said, you know, if you just lost a little weight, you'd be perfect. And I, mm. I thought, what? Like, I what's? I didn't know that there was anything wrong with me. Like, my mm. weight. I had never really thought about that. And that just triggered something in me where I suddenly started to try to starve myself. I tried to, and that when that didn't work, I tried to, then I had to throw up if I eat. It just, it turned, and I couldn't believe and the guy was a jerk too. I hope he, I hope he listens to this someday. He was, <laughs> he was just like not even worth it. You know, he was right. but something but you have to understand that when people go through these traumatic moments and these, these, they go off to, you know, this, you're suddenly you've got a, a you're turning down a different road than you were expecting, whether it was traumatic or instant or slow and thoughtful. Um, it, it's, you know, something's triggering it that's way deeper you know so right. that i hadn't even gone anywhere near that at that point but you you, you learn as your journey goes that what you know why why am i doing this so anyways 
Um, I was young. I was in my 20s, and I didn't feel good about myself. I was trying to, we, we broke up, and that was that. But I still, it stayed on, and I had a couple years of doing this to myself. And I had to go see a doctor, and I had, you know, I had to go to a therapist and try to stop acting like this. And I went to a registered dietitian. <laughs> she taught me how to eat, and I thought, I can do this. I want to mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And so that, and, and, and I don't know if many dietitians have the story, but I went into becoming, you know, I went back to college, and I got into Russell Sage, which is a great school. And um, I started studying about nutrition. And not just like, you know, I did psychology also. So I did psych, and I did psychology of eating and all that, but just learning about the science of eating and your metabolism and how it works, and it was fascinating on a medical level, on right. a scientific level. So, and everything was great. And I got my dream job and I met my husband and we got married and he was great and um, had a couple kids. And then I think I was like in my four, early forties, maybe 40, maybe a little less, maybe 30 something. And things were not going well in my marriage. And I remember like I can remember these ex- moments, these distinct moments when something happened and I can just can see it and feel it. And I was arguing with him and I knew I wasn't happy and something was, something was going wrong with this relationship. There was something was wrong and I didn't think it was me. So I immediately started thinking like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing that is making this marriage not work? Because I, I'm just this very positive, happy person and I couldn't understand why it wasn't working. So I remember having a fight and running into the bathroom because I was going to throw up. And when I mm-hmm. threw up, I felt all of this, all this, this, these feelings just come out of me. It was mm-hmm. just like the best release I've ever felt, mm-hmm. which was like, and it just, all of a sudden this bell went on and I just went right back to being 20, not being pretty enough. And it's not like my husband never said, you're not pretty enough or you're, you know, he used right. to say, I would love you if you were 300 pounds. It wasn't that, it was me. It was inside of me. Right. And, and I didn't feel like the marriage was going the way it was supposed to. And I had no control over it. I had no control over it. It was not me. It was, it was something he was doing. And so all of a sudden, just like a like a a truck hit me this eating disorder came back and I in my 40s I ended up by 41 um I was like a size two and I got down to a zero because a two wasn't good enough and then I started you know I just couldn't eat food I couldn't um I moved out of the apartment of the house I got an apartment took my kids and I think that was my I was happy happiest of ever at at that moment when I was on my own again and I right but I was still struggling with the eating disorder. When you were married before you, you, you were talking about that trigger mm-hmm. when you went back to your twenties. So during that time that you were in your marriage, you, you weren't going back to that. You were, no, no, I was like, I didn't even think about it when I was pregnant, when I got, you know, large and <laughs> I was, you know, I was so excited to have children and I was just in there, you know, just, I got to work part-time. I was always able to work part-time. So I was home with my kids for a long time that I would do, because I was a dietitian, I could do home visits or, you know, I had all these different avenues open to myself to start to build my own self up as far as my profession. But I, I never thought about that because I, I was happy. I didn't care. I was so focused on my kids, though. I was yeah. not focused on my marriage as much as I was just so excited to be with my kids. And my, my husband at the time, he just, he always did his own thing. He's always off 
doing something or making something or cutting a lawn or fixing something or cutting a wall out of the house and making it a door. It's like, he just was that, you know, he was just, so it was, it was, it was me and my kids. So I was happy. So when you, the first time around, when you talked about being in your twenties and you, you met the dietitian, that whole experience of, you know, where that guy triggered you, the, the boyfriend, you felt like you, it was resolved and it was resolved because you were getting treated by, you said, you, did you go, did you say you went to therapy? I saw a therapist. Okay. But, you know, it's not that I, I had a great medical doctor. She was, yeah. she was great. She just started as a, I like, she was brand new and she was great. Um, and then, um, yeah, then, then I, I saw a dietitian, an, another, like a therapist and I, I didn't, you know, but then I just said, I, I got to fix this by myself. I tend to do that. I tend to think that I, I can do this myself. So, okay. So you, yes, we're very, we're very, um, absolutely. We have high standards. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So when you said you fixed it yourself and let's just talk about that first time, what did that look like? Well, I started being more focused on, well, you know, I went to college. I was focused. I met great people. I was eating healthy. I was excited. I was involved in my new, my new pathway and, um, you know, that, that was that I, I just, it was, okay. So I remember I did an, I did an article on, I had to write a paper and I did a paper on bulimia and I realized I learned that it like, it doesn't work. Your body, your stomach swells and like, it's so it was, I had this ability to say, well, that's, that's stupid. That doesn't work. Why, why would you do that? You know? So right. I stopped. Um, I, I just, it, it, it you know, I guess I've always had this scientific type thought process. If it doesn't work, don't do it. Right. 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 If it makes you, if it makes you happy, we do it. I mean, I don't right. Know. So, <laughs> right. so at that point it was very, you know, logical. Things were happening. I had really strong women. I, I went to Russell Sage college. It was mm -hmm. an all girls college. So and I'll tell you what, that is where I gained self-confidence that I had never had before. It was in that school and with those professors and those students around me that they teach you that you can do whatever you want you can and and it's it's that it, it's the best it was the I always I since then I've always felt like you should always learn women should learn with women right they shouldn't be in in a room with other guys feeling intimidated they should be because we went to class with you know our hairs and scrunchies and sweats and we, yeah. we had great <laughs> discussions and we you know and and we got all dolled up and went out at night you know right. and met the guys during school <laughs> learning we were in in school and we were focused and it was wonderful it was just the best it was the best thing that I ever experienced Russell Sage oh. College as a female college I can understand that that's where I want to get my master's degree yeah it is yeah. it is amazing it is an amazing school. And we're not getting paid for this, but it's an amazing. I know, right? <laughs> we're promoting. It is an amazing school, and yes, the woman power, the woman empowerment is unreal. And you're absolutely right. Going to school, I mean, I I did it after I, I had a child, and I remember, you know, going and looking disheveled and not caring because I was there to focus to learn. And I I did the best I ever done academically at that school. Okay, so let's fast forward now. You left. So now I'm I'm gone. I'm in an apartment. Yep. I'm finding myself full blown into an eating disorder again. Not eating during the day. I'm I'm getting attention from people because I look good and and I which I look back at now and I resent that that is something that clarifies or, or you know qualifies you getting hit on or whatever. You know I think that that's that's makes me angry because I'm still the same person. But I was 
you know, I had my kids were like nine and six and they were stressed because we left their dad, but um, we were doing okay. We were singing and dancing and just, I had this happy environment in the apartment and they actually look back at it still and say it was their favorite time ever. We were there for two or three years. And, um, but I was just finding ways to eat and throw up. Like I would starve all day and then I would get home and I was in a position then at a hospital and I was also working at a grocery store and I was doing like tours and stuff and then I got hooked up with somebody and started doing tv stuff wow. and it was just so much fun and so yeah. then you've got that pressure that you have to look good and you have right. to, you know um but the thing is is that when you don't eat and you don't provide nourishment to your body and your brain you don't you don't think clearly you don't right. you don't remember things you don't you don't speak as well and and my my coworkers and I still love them all had said they were you know what's going on we're worried about you and I never told anybody I've never told anybody this story like this you know but um they were right and they were they were worried about me and they could tell that I was you know you can't when your brain doesn't have energy you can't think you can't you can't right it's just that right. simple so beside and I guess it's the validation you know you were getting the validation of the way you looked from other people but and and you and I both know that obviously inside probably not the healthiest. Um, were there any uh, indicators that your inside you weren't healthy? What were they, and did you pay attention to them at that time? Well, so you when my daughter was nine and I was forty one, and I could put on one of her tank tops, and I thought, wait, that's not that's not right. That's not, that's not right. And I saw, I would look at a picture and sometimes, and you could see my, my, you know, my, all my neck bones and people would say, you don't look healthy. And I'm like, well, like, you know. nice. and I remember one time I came home, I was like, I had out, bought all these clothes and they were size zero. And I was so excited. It was the summer. And my father said, it's a size zero. That's ridiculous. What, what, you know, he just kind of like snapped me into like, I was just what, you know, and that's not normal. So, and so they, my family was, was very, they actually did like an intervention at one point, they called me over, I had to go over there and they, they said, there's, you know, we're, you need to do something, you're sick. And that, that was, that was tough. Was that the that, turning point? That was a turning point. Oh, that was okay. when I had to, I had to actually agree to leave my children with a husband, ex-husband, not even ex-husband yet, that I didn't trust really that well. And I had to go away. And that, that was, and my parents took me. That, that was, that was tough. Cause I had to go to an inpatient facility mm -hmm. in Philadelphia for almost four weeks. And I, um, I had to leave my kids and it was, you know, it was very hard and, and, um, but I could not eat. And I remember the, I got checked in there and they're very nice people. And I had to go, they brought me right to a, a dining area. We could do a whole podcast on this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure. I, had to, I sat down and I had to eat a meal. I was like in the little cafeteria and there, it was a music playing and there was therapists walking and watching and they put a, a, a grilled chicken salad in front of me, you know, like you'd get at a restaurant. Right. And I remember looking at that, like I couldn't breathe. I could not eat all that food. There was so much food in front of me and I thought I was going to die. I right. literally thought I was going to die. I, I, this young girl in front of me looked at me and she said, take a breath. We've all been here. Mm -hmm. um, 
you're going to get through this and we're going to help you. And, and so, and they did. And so I didn't get through that meal. You had to eat. And it was really hard being a dietitian. Really seriously, we could do a podcast on this. It was hard being a dietitian in an eating disorder facility because I knew too much. Like, so I used to get in trouble because I would say things that I didn't think were like a big deal, but evidently I was triggering people or they'd ask me nutrition questions and I would answer them. It was, it was crazy, but I met some of the most, those people all became sisters, you know, daughters, Mm -hmm. sisters. And it was really, um, it was really, they still are to this day. So, but it was a traumatic experience. And my grandmother died while I was there. And that was traumatic because I had said goodbye to her right before I left. And I said, and I was always there for her, always there when she got sick. Um, and she was in Pennsylvania. So we went to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and then, then went to Philly and, um, she looked down at me in this nursing home and, and she was just, she's like, you're going to come back. Right. And I said, I'll be back. And I didn't go back. And when she was in the hospital dying, I couldn't leave this place. So that's something that it's actually a tattoo on my arm because mm-hmm. I could not get over the fact that I was not with my, my grandmother, my Nana to die. And she asked for me on her. She's like, where is, where's, where's Steffi? Where is she? Because I was so stupid enough to like not eat like I was I couldn't that to me it was like so selfish but I missed something so important and it took me more time to get over that than her death I I had a harder time that I was I wasn't there for her than just the fact that she passed so that was very very traumatic for me so just another like dramatic thing (laughs) right right so Um, how long were you in that facility so I was there for about four weeks Okay. And, and shortly after, and I did the eulogy, I wrote the eulogy and I remember reading it to everybody. And I, I did that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, then I, I came home and I, I can't tell you that I was better when I came out of there, but I had tools right under my belt. So, right. and, and more women power. It was another women, all ages, you know, my son was teaching me the other day because he said, remember you would do a willow tree when you get stressed out and you'd embarrass us, but was just a tool of like flowing and calming your body Mm -hmm. and getting through that and letting the feelings come out and and letting them come out and just go float away don't what's what's a willow tree i don't know what that you're actually standing on your your hands and you're blowing your arms and you're a willow tree you're you know and you're just you're you're forcing your body to just relax and yes you know there's so many things that we did that were, were great but um putting things into perspective like what is really important and why are you uncomfortable in your skin? Right. And why do I feel like, you know, if, if I am a size two and I'm not thin enough and I look at a scale and I see a number and it's not, it's, it doesn't, you know, it goes together and it's like not good enough. I'm this size now and this is the number on the scale and that doesn't go together either. It's, it's never going to go together. So you can't hear, you can't listen to that eating disorder brain that's saying, you're, you're not, you're too fat or you're too big or you're right. too, you know, you, you're not good enough. You know, right. you're not pretty enough. You can't listen because you, it's not real. It's not accurate. It's a, it's, it, it's lying to you. And we used to all call it Ed and he'd be sitting on your shoulder and you're like, shut up, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's literally, you have to overcome that. And you have to say, why am I uncomfortable in my skin? Because that it, it doesn't, I don't walk around. I, I counsel people that are four or 500 pounds and I never for a second look at them and think anything wrong. I don't see them 
Right. I, fe- I feel sad. I, I, I want to help them. I don't judge them. I don't think they look funny or ugly or any of that. Right. I don't do that with anybody. I don't with race or anything. Nothing. To me, people are all just people. Why can't I treat myself like that? You know. Right. So that's where it became like, I am good enough in my skin. Right. I am good enough on my own. I don't need anybody to get where I need to get or get to do what I want to do. I want to find companionship. And that's, but I, everybody is just good enough, just the way they are right now. And that is what you have to say to yourself. You have to look in a mirror, look in your eyes, right in a mirror and say something positive. I think the most important part that you said is that you had the tool of self-reflection. And that's something that not a lot of people know how to do that to stop and like you said, why, why am I not comfortable in my skin? Asking that uncomfortable question is kind of like putting that mirror to yourself and looking at yourself and say, what's going on here? I mean, I think that took, I'm sure from your experiences with dealing with uh, the, the schooling and going to that uh, facility, you had that tool to do that, to look at yourself and ask those questions. I think that's part of the recovery, uh, you know, to get to that point. Well, you know how alcoholics, they say you're always an alcoholic, you know, they have to live by that creed that they're always, right. gonna, you know, um, the same thing goes for an eating disorder. Right. You, you always have an eating disorder. It's always there. And I knew that because it came back and smacked me right in the face, the, you know, 20 years later, literally right. 20 years later. So I think that being able to just, um, say asking that body image is the last thing that you lose when you have it sometimes you never lose it with somebody who has an eating disorder it's saying to yourself why am I not comfortable with my skin is something I have to say all the time and I can come up with all sorts of reasons uh, you know from being a child all the way till now what triggers it for me and what what causes me to think I need to be perfect I, I, I have answers for that but then it's how do you stop how do you stop and I can tell you now, looking at my beautiful children, I'm going to be a grandmother soon. And I say, I am not, I'm just, I'm not going down that road again. I'm not, I am, nobody looks at me when I walk out of the, out into the grocery store, like I'm some org or something or, or ogre or whatever, you know, <laughs> they don't, they smile, I smile high and they smile. I mean, I, I'm a happy person. So why? put that burden on myself, mm-hmm. you know, to think that I have to feel or look better or be thinner or, or be more perfect or, you know, that's just a burden that we put on ourselves. It's unnecessary. It's right. unnecessary. Everyone has something wonderful to offer somebody right. else. It doesn't matter. If you take the time to talk to people, I work in nursing homes. I've worked in hospitals. I've done private practice. You learn beautiful stories from people all the time. And most of the time it's women, but a lot of people like I meet these nice older men that are, you know, in a nursing home and they have great stories. Everybody's worth listening to and hearing and learning and, and taking a little something special from each person and putting it into your heart and into your soul. And that makes you who you are. Everything you go through makes you who you are today. And I just refuse don't tell, don't get me wrong. I have moments when I want to run up into the bathroom after I ate because I feel full. That feeling is like, ah. 
and I, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that to myself. My, I am a, I'm, I'm, my body is a temple and I'm worth it. And I'm, I'm strong and I'm beautiful and I'm kind and I'm thoughtful and I'm giving and I'm all these great things. And I, I love somebody right now that I'm going to get married to and I have these great children. I'm not doing that to myself. It's just not worth it. Exactly. It's just not worth it. At what point did you get to that point where okay, you're telling so, yourself that? <laughs> So it, it was, it was after I was out of that facility for, for a while and I was still struggling because unfortunately you deal with like health insurances and they want to cut you every day and they've got to keep, so I could have been there for probably three months, you know, and that goes with any kind of addiction. You really, you need the time to mm -hmm. get through it. You know, I, something just made me, I don't know what it was, if it was some epiphany that I, I can't. I can't pinpoint when I really just woke up and said, I'm done because it, it, it kind of petered out, I think really. But the more I, um, the more I worked on, I actually went back to my husband after three years and just stayed there because he was having a hard time. And I went back into the house and went, it was like a roller coaster for a couple of years. And I just, that every time that that happened, I started realizing I can do this by myself. I can mow the lawn and my son was getting older and bigger and I, I could learn how to use a snowblower. So I kicked him the hell out of the house and I stayed and I took care of two dogs, two kids because he was never there anyways. Right. So, and I was like, the more I did stuff on my own, the stronger I got. And I was like, wow, I can do this. You know, um, well, the kids used to tease me and say I didn't have enough food in the house. <laughs> and I didn't make fancy dinners. I was like, what? And then we just talked about this the other night, how I was like, my son's six foot tall. And just last year, my daughter's like, mom, he's growing. You need more food in the house. I'm like, oh, come on. You know? So it was just, I, I, I built myself up and I gave myself credit for what right. I was doing. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You know, I want to get my master's degree, but I'm not yet. I want to make sure my focus is always my children. And mm -hmm. so Emily's having a baby now, so I, yeah, I'm going to have to focus on that. You know, I might have to shelve the, you know, the master's degree. But when, you know, I, I love doing my private practice, and that's something that I'm going to get back into. And because I, and I love my nursing home. I, I, I just, I am blessed with working at, and loving everything that I do, just loving it. You know, okay. and loving it, whether I'm a size yeah. two or a zero or a size 12 or a, a 16, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, I lead with my smile and, and I, I, I try to spread joy wherever I go. And that's better than having an eating disorder and hiding and running after I eat. It's just, it's just not worth it. And if right. I could tell anybody out there who's struggling with this, that it's so much better on the other side, I promise it, I, I, that's what I would say. It is, it's so much better. It you, doesn't mean it doesn't twinkle in your ear or back in your head once in a while, but the relief of not having to get, you know, avoid a meal or get rid of a meal. It's wonderful. It's, it's great. It's a great, great feeling. My God, the whole time we're talking, I'm getting goosebumps, but oh. I mean, seriously, no, I could feel I mean, we're doing a Zoom call right now, but I could feel your strength right through this. And I think that, you know, I asked you, was it a certain, I think I, one of the questions I was going to say, was there a certain moment? Was there like, you know, a low point? But for you, it's just, maybe it just kind of phased out, like you said. And then you were focusing a lot about 
you, you and your confidence and your strength. And right now you are in a very happy place, but you, it sounds to me that you're always doing a checkup on yourself and doing a lot of, yeah, that's amazing. And that's how, you know, there's no end goal to anything. And when people, like you said, you know, with alcoholics, uh, there's not going to be a a day where, you know, there's an end goal where, okay, I'm going to be normal. I'm putting in quotes, normal. It's a journey. Life is a freaking journey. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you have these tools that are going to keep you going onto this positive path and it's going to take you to amazing places. So with that being said, you said that you have, you you work at a nursing home right now. Um, Well, I'm a consultant. Yeah. So I I cover uh, uh, several nursing homes. Yeah. And then you think, and then you have this private practice. I do. I have a private practice that uh, my parents were sick, got, you know, started to deteriorate a couple of years ago. And I just had like gotten this great um, building and with some fantastic women um, doing, you know, Reiki and massage and all that. Wow. And, uh, there's so many people I could shout out right now. I'm, right. I'm so blessed to have so many good friends and family and my fiance's family is wonderful. And my parents are fantastic and my sisters are great and my you know I'm just I'm so lucky you know and especially during this time of what's happening in the world how scary it is I am blessed to have all these people surrounding me that are just uh build you up they build me up and they they support me and they uh, they're just they're it's just I'm so, so lucky. And I have a Wonder Woman cut out in my, my room. She's my hero. <laughs> my, of course. My little room here. But she's looking right at me. I'm like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so I'm going to start my practice again. Yeah. Good, so good. I, I had to like, I, I moved. I moved from up, up the north way down to this area, down towards the Albany, this area, and to be closer to my parents. And, um, I am going, there's a couple of women that are dietitians that are, have some strength that um, have been reaching out. And I thought, well, I've got this PLLC, so let's, let's get it going and we can have, um, make it even bigger. And I love working with essential oils. Oh. It makes me so happy. Yes. And I like making concoctions and I give gifts all the time and make soaps and oils and lotions and whatever. And it's just, you know, anything to make somebody feel good about themselves and feel right. positive and, and just, and, and to nourish their soul. That's, that's what I do. So my, my, it's nourish you and it's N U R I S H U the letter U just because it fit on my license plate. And so it's a little <laughs> pun on words. Um, just a quick about nutrition. Um, you know, you should never cut out a whole food group. That's never a wise thing to do. And everything, and the word diet shouldn't even be in your vocabulary. Right. It's about, like you say, you're, it's a healthy lifestyle. It's your, how are you going to, you're going to get up, you're going to walk the dogs, you're going to go to the gym. What are you going to do for yourself every day to, to nourish your soul and your body? And, you know, don't get me wrong, losing weight when you have diabetes and high blood pressure and heart disease, that's important. That, that's something people need to do. Right. But losing weight to look good. That's not, that's not good enough. Right. No. <laughs> to feel better. Yes. To not get knee replacement and hip replacement. Sure. All those things are important. Diabetics. Yes. You know, um, but feel good. Do things that make you happy. You know, take a walk, take a bike ride. Um, I'm not good at tennis, but my fiance <laughs> wants to play. So I'll, I'll try. <laughs> my son wants me to work out with him. I'm like, okay, I'll try. You know, <laughs> So whatever you can do to, to fill your soul. And on top of that, you know, making 
doing essential oils or knitting or making masks right now. I got a brand new sewing machine and I'm making masks. You know, those are things that just the table's a mess, but I'm, it, it makes me happy. So fill your soul with joy because joy is just the best, the best thing that you can, Absolutely. I mean, it's like, it's just, it's, it's awesome. You know, it doesn't mean tragedy isn't going to happen. It doesn't mean we're not sad about what's happening in the world right now. And it doesn't mean that I have a ticket to not having, you know, tragedy hit my family that it hasn't yet knock on wood, but it might. My parents are in that group of people that could get this whole pandemic, this disease and, and probably not make it. So, and plus not even that, but life goes on and you, right. you know, people have tragics, tragedy happened to them, but not letting that define who you are is right. I think what's important. And I tend to be the one in the family that does manage everything and make sure my parents have their meds right and go to the doctors. And, and I, I thought recently a lot was happening at once. And I thought, how am I staying? How am I staying still on top of it? And right. that's just how I roll. And, and then once in a while I'll stop and I'll look at and my fiance and say, I, I need to cry. Like, I got to get it out. I got to, I got to give myself a moment because right. I am like, just, you know, up and I got to calm down and, and take this in. This is really happening. Right. And figure out how, how to stay above it. But you know what I do and it's okay. And I can, and I, I'm telling you, Russell Sage College, all girls, I know they're <laughs> thinking about bringing men in there and I'm like, no. <laughs> don't do that please go to the orphanage campus Joy Wednesday, just girls um that and just giving myself credit where i deserve it and just saying you can do this you are strong you, you're okay and and putting other people up when every every chance i can i say something nice to people my you know my kids laugh at me they're like why are you talking to those people like this girl i'm like I say, oh, that's a pretty shirt on you. You look very nice. Or, oh, well, you know, hi, just, just be nice. Because why, why not? Why right, right, not? right. We're full of so much, you know, negativity. Let's just be happy. You know, you, it sounds like in your journey that you've come to a really amazing place. Just to wrap up with the one question that I have, what is the one thing that you can say that you are grateful or the experience you did have with all that that you went through? What are you grateful for? I have to say that even though it was really hard to go away, mm -hmm. that was a very um, pivotal moment in my life. That was, that was important. The people I met and the exercises I went through and, and being away from my children, it's hard to say I'm grateful for that, but I am grateful that I experienced that because when I came out on the other side, I had, I had a stronger, I was a stronger person. Yes, absolutely. And, and I was able to, to manage it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's amazing. I, I can't thank you enough for being vulnerable because it's not easy to do that. I didn't even cry. I can't. I, well, there's I a couple. There's a couple times I felt choked up because I can feel the way you're telling your story, and I'm, I'm sure the other the listeners will you will say that it's just that you could I could feel you know you're taking us through this journey, and I can feel the trauma, and I can feel your ups, and then I can feel your downs. Um, but it, I want to thank you for being vulnerable 
And that's something that I think us women need to be more of because that is when we make these connections. And just like when you and I talked on the phone and I don't even know you, we never met and you were so real with me. And I am so grateful for that. And I, here I am thinking I'm talking to you about nutrition. And then I'm like, and I wish, like I said, I wish you could have seen my face when you said your story. I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm going to take this from the universe telling me that this is what we got to talk about today. Yeah, I think so I want to thank you so much, but I do want to say before we end is that, do you have, I know you said you have your private practice, but do you have anything in the works, anything, any future projects in place? Well, just that I need to, I want to get my, myself going again with, because I love to help people. And I, I had a lot of clients that, that I, uh, I, I loved working with. So I'd like to get back into my practice as well. And I want to be a grandmother. I want to pull my boy. That's like the best job. I know. (laughs) You don't, you don't have to do the disciplinary. Like my mother just like, this is the best job. I don't, after she's gets crazy, then you can have her afterwards. That's right. I'm just so thrilled about that. But I, yeah, I, I will, um, you know, I, nourish you nutrition and dietetics it's, it's out there it's kind of on hold but um i take i was taking insurance and um i was uh, you know i would like to i will get that out and you mean i'll let you know what i do I yeah do. let us we'll know because yes absolutely and i i feel like this is not going to be the last time we talk because i, I want to talk more with you about the other stuff that a lot of people, you said the word keto. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I definitely want to talk to you about that in the future. Yeah. So I will definitely put um, anything that you feel comfortable putting out. If people want to reach out to you or in the future, I'll put it in the episode notes and update everyone um, when you get going with your business. But I want to thank you so much. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Leave your feedback and comments, and I'd like to know what the listeners think about this episode. And if you want other topics, you want to hear about other topics, please let me know. Thanks, everyone. Bye.